Welcome to Straight and Curly, a podcast for self-improvement junkies. I'm Kelly Exeter. And I'm Carly Jacobs. This is episode 121. Hello and welcome to Straight and Curly. And look, we know it's a little early for a year in review episode because it is still November, but Baby Smags is close to entering the world. And we were tossing up whether or not to do a mini season or not leading up into Christmas, but ultimately we decided not to. Yes. And sorry, I will take the blame for that because uh, I think as I mentioned on last week's show, maybe uh, while life is frankly as good as it gets right now, um, my good friend anxiety is back and I'm also feeling a little bit burnt out. I was telling Carly before we started recording in the last three weeks, I completely rewrote redesigned and rebuilt the entire Swish Design website and it was just I didn't quite take into account what how big a job that was in amongst everything else I was doing at the same time so yeah I just was feeling incredibly incredibly burnt out and I kind of got to feeling you know if we record three episodes and do that mini season I'm going to be phoning it in a little bit and I just didn't want to do that to you guys so uh, yes, this will be the last episode for the year and it does mean we're going to be out of your ears for a solid two months and we do apologize, but the good news is when we do return, we'll be super, super fresh because yeah, you know, Carly's having a baby and you're totally fresh <laughs> up when you have a newborn. Yeah, definitely guys. I'm going to be super well rested. That's um, that's my, my new parenthood plan is just to rest a lot. So yeah, I'm really feeling quite positive about it. Sleep when the baby sleeps, Carl. How many times? Have you heard that one? Oh, oh my will. god, too many times to count. Too many times <laughs> to count. All right, on to the review of the week. Uh, this one comes from Meg Lonigan. Yeah, Lonigan, I reckon. Lonigan. Uh, my mother-in-law recommended this podcast to me a while back, and ever since I've been hooked. You can tell Kelly and Carly genu- are genuinely lovely people who just want to help, and it shines through. Thank you for lifting spirits and talking real talk. Oh, thank you, Meg, and thank you, Meg's mother-in-law, for recommending us. Um, we really appreciate it. And um, also thank you to the lovely listener who I will not name because I do feel if people email us, it's private. Uh, but this li- list, oh, this listener let us know that she's been having a really hard time lately. And on a particularly tough day, she kind of fired up an ep of straight and curly. And within minutes, she was laughing with us. And then that's a point in the email where I kind of just started crying because um, I was having a tough day as well. So, you know, we know when you're having a tough day and then someone says that you've <laughs> I had the same thing on that day when I had it. I, and I haven't actually replied to it yet because I think we only got it a couple of days ago at the time of yeah. recording. But I was just like, oh, my God, that's so nice. And then I showed it to Ben and I was just like, it, you know, when you just have those days where everything is just piling on top of each other and you just kind of go, why the hell do I do this? And then you get an email like yeah. that and it just you go, yeah. That's why. That's it. That, that's exactly it. So, you know, the message here, dear listener, is if you want to send us a lovely email, please do because you never know. It might be just what we need to hear at the time. Okay. So uh, it's now time for Carly's final random thing of the week for the <laughs> so year. So much pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Do go on. So this one isn't 
about me at all, but it's just a cool thing I learned that other people might like to hear about as well. <laughs> so I have a friend who is pregnant at the same time as me. We're 10 days apart. And she, so every time we go to appointments, we'll be like, did you get told about this thing? Did you get told about that thing? And we compare notes all the time. And so she said, did you get told about the whole anti-D shot thing? And mm-hmm. I was going, I have no idea what that is. And it turns out that if you are a, a woman with a negative blood type, if you if your partner has a positive blood type, that can result in like a clash in your blood types. And if your baby has a if your baby ends up having positive blood, you can it can your body can produce reject antibodies, baby, can yeah. reject the baby. Not necessarily your first one, but your body learns through your first pregnancy and learns to reject the next baby. So it's sort of more for the second baby. You have it you have this shot, so they, they they can give you a shot that fixes it, which is just crazy in itself. Um, you can just, yeah, you just like get like a needle and they just fix it. And they've been doing this for 30 years. It's been around for a very long time, but it's more for the second baby than for the current one that you have because your body learns to reject the first baby. And then when the second baby comes along and it might have... I'm getting this wrong and I'm sure that there's some science people that are. No, 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 you're right. It's something to, yeah, it's because I'm I'm a negative blood group. So I had there to go. go through this, like they had to check what ants blood, he ends, he's actually negative as well. So that was all good. Yeah. So it yeah. doesn't matter for you. And they didn't ask me at all because I'm positive And if you're positive, it doesn't matter at all. Unless, so the, oh, so it doesn't matter if your partner's no. negative. It's only if you are negative. Yeah, oh, well, there yeah. you go. So there it's only go. if the fe- if the female is negative. If the female's positive, it doesn't matter. Mm. Um, well, that's what I've heard because well, that, I, that was just me figuring that out because all of the women I know with positive blood types, it was never even mentioned. Mentioned, too. isn't it amazing? Like, I mean, how did they even figure this out? And exactly. Then, and then they quickly develop something to counter. You know, I just love medicine. It's so cool. But also, <laughs> so thirty, like they, and they've been doing this for a really long time and before then I think babies would just die Die. randomly and they didn't know why but the next cool thing about this because this story isn't finished (laughs) so I read an article in the Sydney Morning Herald recently and it turns out that the thing that fixes the blood so my friend who gets this shot the thing that fixes her blood and makes her not reject her baby um, is not synthetic it comes from an actual human and it is one guy in Australia who's been donating his blood for 30 oh years God, to get no. this antidote that fixes it. And the likelihood of someone having this particular antidote in their blood is one in three million people, which means that by default, there's only seven people in Australia that have this magic thing in their blood. Oh, my God. Okay, that's that's freaky. I'm gonna, you're going to have to send me that article. That's yeah. amazing. How crazy is it? And this guy, so the article was about this guy. He's actually retiring from doing it because he's 75. <laughs> and he was on in this article and he's surrounded by these women that are holding these babies, basically, you know, saying the only reason why we're here is because of this guy. And they've actually cut him off because he was happy to just keep on doing it. And they were just saying, you know, <laughs> you're, you're 75. We've got like every little drop of blood we can out of you. So they're kind of, I think on the search for another person oh, who can do this. Right. Yeah, I think that I think they've got enough stuff from him that they can they've got enough stores so they're not like in a panic. But how cool is that? I was just thinking that is crazy. This like every woman who gets that shot, it comes like it has a little bit of this guy's antibodies in it. 
Man, the first thing I'm doing when I get off this um, call is Googling where does Auntie D come from yeah, and finding it, that dude. That's amazing. That's so cool. It was really cool. I thought it was a joke and I'm like, no, <laughs> that's actually a real thing. So I think it was in the Sydney Morning Herald if that helps people. We'll see if we can find that article. Oh, cool. All righty. So on to if you are our best friend and Jenna has a problem that I'm quite familiar with. And she says, I am an introvert, but quite a social one, according to my Myers-Briggs. And I have a wonderful, oh, I have wonderful people in my life that I want to see and lots of things I want to experience. So when good friends invite, <laughs> try that again, Kelly. <laughs> so when good friends invite us camping in a month, I'm so excited and I'm, you know, a big hell yeah. Or, you know, we're invited to a dinner party with other great friends or a day up the beach with a separate group of friends or even just a morning coffee with another friend. And, you know, she says the people are great. And the experiences are wonderful and I love the memories growing up of hanging out with the kids of our parents' friends. Uh, we also don't have family nearby, so these friends are like the family we choose and I want to have, I want our kids to have a support network that isn't just mum and dad. Life gets filled up with great things and great people and that's the problem. It gets filled up, so there's no white space. But I do want these things and I do want to see these people, but I get to the end of the week and I think, oh my God, I actually don't want to go camping. But then I do and I, but then I do go camping and I really enjoy the memories we make as a family with other families. But then I start the next week playing catch up. Does that make sense? And she says in brackets, I know it's a bit poor privileged me. I have too many good friends and good things happening, but look, this is a real problem I've experienced and I can tell you that I experienced this a couple weekends ago when we had like one of those kind of wall-to-wall weekends like we had something like we had the kids had swimming on Friday afternoon and then we went to my parents for dinner on Friday night and then you know Saturday morning I went for a run and then we had my son's basketball and then we went to the Wildcats and then we had something else after that and it was just like there was everything was stacked up in a row so I think that's probably another reason why I'm so bent out 10 days later. Like we just had a weekend in between that one and now. I spent all of last weekend on the couch if we weren't out of the house and I'm still feeling burnt out from it. So it's a real problem and my solution for it is fairly simple. Uh, Just no more than one commitment per weekend day and I kind of include Friday in that. So a Friday afternoon or evening commitment one Saturday commitment, one Sunday commitment, which I know a lot of people out there would be like, what, how boring. But um, that's just what works for us. Um, I just find if we have more than one commitment per day, I just get burnt out too quickly and then I'm a horrible person to be around. And I'm not saying that you you only do one thing. It's like if your energy levels are good and you find that you can, you know, you'll see a friend out and you go, oh, yeah, you know, come over our house for drinks or something. You can still do that, but it's more the one actual commitment. I find when you look ahead at your weekend and you've got like two things on Friday, you know, two things Friday afternoon and two things Saturday and then three things on Sunday, you just go, oh my God, like, what am I going to do? So that's my, that's my thing. And I find it works. Um, I'm the same. I agree with Kelly, uh, but I also think that just because you've said yes to something doesn't mean that it's set in stone. So as long as you're not inconveniencing anyone by pulling out of an event, there's no reason why you can't change your mind if you get to the weekend and decide that you just need a bit of space. So just to give an example, I once got invited to an event where we had to prepay for an activity. So Ben and I prepaid for the activity and the week the event rolled around, I realized the person I actually wanted to see at this event wasn't even going to be there. (laughs) 
And I was gutted because I wasn't particularly keen on going. And this person was like the only reason why both of us were going. And then we were just like, oh no. And then we just would, we were just looking at each other. It was a Friday afternoon and we really didn't want to go. And then we were just like, but we've already paid $25 each. And so we were gearing ourselves up to go. And then I just thought, hang on a minute, is $50 worth it to us to not go to this thing? And the answer was just a resounding yes. So we cancelled and had the best night at home on our own. You do need to choose this option carefully, though. Like if you've offered someone a lift or you're the only other person that's going, it's a dick move to pull out. But if it's a big, massive group event and no one will notice that you're not there, just don't go. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, you just because you've committed to something doesn't mean that you necessarily have to go. But yeah, choose your pullouts very, very <laughs> yeah. carefully. Um, cool. Okay, so on to the topic of this week. And as mentioned, it, it's going to be our year in review. We do do this every year because we think it's nice to, you know, reflect on the year just gone from a few different angles. Um, it's just a nice, well, it's a nice exercise for us to do personally. And then we figure everyone wants to listen in. So hope you guys actually do. Um, so this particular reflection is not going to take into account the momentous occasion of Carly's little girl of arriving in December, of course, but we will have plenty of time to talk about that next year. Yeah, so we're going to start with the stuff that wasn't so good so we can finish off the stuff that was great because that was mentioned in the Facebook group. We literally had just spoken about it and someone was saying, can you finish on the positive note instead of the negative note? And we had literally just said that like at the end of the last episode. So we will be definitely changing that for um, next year. Uh, But um, it is important to reflect on the stuff that didn't go well so we can learn from it and change. So Kel, what didn't you enjoy in 2018? Um, I think it's the first six months of this year were so insane. I actually can't even really, I can't even really remember them in any kind of detail. They're just like this fuzzy bunch of months at the start of the year. Um, all I know is that it was just insane. I was, effective. it was, you were crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I was doing two full-time jobs, so I had like a, a new kind of venture ramping up which was my writing and ghost writing and editing and that was ramping up very fast meanwhile we had just made all these massive changes in our design business that involved me kind of coming back in and resetting a whole bunch of stuff and I just couldn't not give a good amount of energy to both like they just both required me at a very high level so I just kind of put my head down and made it happen but um yeah I didn't enjoy that. I think the thing I particularly didn't enjoy is that there was just a huge amount of expectations to handle on both sides in both businesses. And that's where my perfectionism goes a bit mental is in where I know there's an expectation, I must deliver on it, whether it's reasonable or not. And um, yeah, so that's where I struggle with at the start of the year. But, you know, I do actually feel I managed to deliver on pretty much all the expectations, especially the reasonable ones. So maybe I should just, maybe I should look back and give myself a bit of a pat on the back. Make that one a positive. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Carl? Uh, so I've had a few mates that have had some rough times this year and that hasn't been great, especially as I've been quite preoccupied for most mm-hmm. of this year. So I was sort of feeling like I wasn't being a particularly excellent friend. I mean, no one said anything and I don't really know how I could have changed that in any way. But you know, when you just have that thing where you kind of like, ah, I probably could have done a bit more then, but then maybe I couldn't because it, it has been a, a very 
preoccupying year and I've had a lot of stuff I've been doing so well, you've also been trying to get a bit ahead I, th- I know the feeling that you're talking about you just feel probably like a little bit disconnected um, very because you've been so inside your head just getting ready for the baby but also getting your business ready exactly and doing yeah. all that stuff so um yeah and also dealing with the negativity from people around being pregnant was a much bigger struggle than I thought it would be um and people I've, I've only mentioned this a few times but it's been it's been bigger than I anticipated um and people who actually actually know me have been amazing, but it was just the strangers that totally baffled me. Like I'd meet someone at an event and mention I was pregnant and then they'd just launch into all the shit things about being pregnant and going through labor and having a newborn. It was just bizarre. And it happened on an almost weekly basis. It was, I I did not expect it at all. It was crazy. And also like when I've, I've spoken to this, I've spoken about this to a few people and people are kind of like, oh, you know, you'll understand when you have kids or, you know, they're just trying to connect with you or, you know, you need to hear these things because it's not all sunshine and roses. And I'm just sitting there going like, no. And, And also I, I have these conversations. I've had all the hard conversations with my close friends, with the people that I trust, with people who know how to tell me difficult information in a way that I'm going to be prepared to hear it. Um, particularly while I'm pregnant, I'm kind of like, tell me when I'm not pregnant or tell me after I've had a baby, just give me nine months where you're not telling me all the shit things that are about to happen. I find that so, I find it, I find that mentality weird. I I don't know why people feel that you need to know anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, Your own experience, but don't say it in a way of like, you need to know this because it might happen to you. Cause you know what? It probably won't. Everyone's experiences are so different. And I mean, like I haven't been, you know, rage filled and super angry about it, but just like at least once a week for my whole pregnancy, I've been quite irritated by someone telling me something I really didn't want to hear at a time when I didn't want to hear it. So I'm like, (laughs) cool. Can we not do that to pregnant women, please? Yes. That is a good message. Like think careful. And do you know what? I do think sometimes it is people are just, they're looking for a connection point. And so they don't even think they just say, but yeah, think, think, you know, think before you talk at pregnant people. I'm not your audience. And it's only nine months. Like that's all (laughs) I'm asking is to not tell it to me in this particular nine months, three months time, bring it on. I'll tell you my birth story. We can have a whole grand chat about it. Just not right now. (laughs) Cool. Alrighty. So the next um, one was, was there a goal you didn't achieve? And I think this is for me going to be the same goal I didn't achieve last year, which is so I set aside September this year to work on my own book because I had spent so much of the, the the year working on client books. And I was like, and there, there was this kind of like patch in, December, in September and I went, right, that's going to be me, my book. And then a client kind of came in and it was a bit of a rush thing. And I was like, eh. If it's not September, then it's like next year. And this was in kind of July that they were talking to me and I really wanted to work with them. So then I was like, okay, you can have September. And I think I did it partly because I really wanted to work with the client, but partly because I was still procrastinating with this goddamn book. Like, seriously, what is wrong with me? <laughs> this book is torturing you. Like, there's <laughs> there's something about it. Like, you've there's it's something about it. <laughs> you've got a hump. You've got to get over, and it's so unlike you. But it's quite, it's quite fascinating to watch, actually, because <laughs> you'll be like, I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book, and then you just don't. And I'm like, Kelly, when you 
say you're going to do something, you usually do it. What's going on there? I think maybe I have to go back and see my therapist and go, what is the block I've got? I mean, I thought I figured out the block last year and like, you know, I've gone past that and now it's just, yeah, it's purely a time thing and I'm just straight up not making the time for it. And I have no idea why. I think it's just too easy to write other people's books and let them put it out into the world and let their ideas be you know, critiqued and maybe I've lost my nerve a little bit. So, hmm, interesting. I'll go ponder that separately. <laughs> but maybe you just need a break from putting your ideas out there for a while. Well, I feel like that's been this year. I feel like I was saying to someone the other day, like, because I've not blogged this year um, other than and then other than on this podcast, um, but really on this podcast, we're talking about other people's ideas or things we've learned. But like, I feel like I have not had an original thought for about two years <laughs> yeah I just feel like oh my god so what, what have I got to offer the world anymore all I can do is repackage other people's stuff so um, yeah so yeah I've had my break I want some thoughts back um I, I will say I've started um I finally got the fitness back to go for some longer runs. I won't say what a long run for me looks like because you'll die, but um, I'm hoping that being out on my feet for a long time will start generating some original thoughts because I'm feeling the death of them at the moment. (laughs) Um, So, Carl, what was there a goal you did not achieve? Uh, Yeah, I had one goal. I wanted to launch my Crochet Coach YouTube channel this year, but getting Mm. ahead with all of my other work so I can take some time off, I just didn't get around to doing it. So I'm not, you know, super upset about it, but that's on next year's list because it's going to be heaps easier to do it with a newborn, surely. (laughs) Meanwhile, you have done such an amazing job of getting ahead with all your other work for next year. Like, I'm so proud of you. You (laughs) are going to, you are going to just... You, future Carly is going to look back at current Carly and go, you are a dead set legend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, so what did you spend time on that didn't add value to your life this year, Kel? Hmm. Okay. So this one is, I spent time being angry at someone who I thought was a friend who did the wrong thing by me. Um, and I know I always say this because it's worth, but it's worth repeating because I do have friends who listen to this show and I don't want them to get paranoid. Like, no, it was not you if you're listening to the show um in fact I'm just gonna say who it is um because he's not gonna be listening so it doesn't matter and plus um, <laughs> you know it's all over now anyway uh, yeah I think so um so it was our business landlord um he did something quite dishonest and mean and that thing cost us quite a bit of money and because he did all his communication via phone or in person like we couldn't prove it because there was no written record of that communication. Um, and while what he did kind of did upset me because, yeah, like I said, it was dishonest and manipulative and mean, um, it was more the fact I was mostly hurt and it really rocked my world that I, I thought we had a mutual regard and respect for each other. So I think like I, when it all happened, I just felt really stupid and duped that I trusted someone who turned out to be really untrustworthy. Um, I felt like they, like I just got it wrong for three years. So, yeah, and it was interesting how much it rocked my confidence kind of overall because it just made me think like, oh, man, if I could be such a bad judge of character in this instance, like where else am I getting things wrong? So, yeah, I mean, this is months and months ago this happened. Um, but, yeah, I spent a lot of time and energy on that person 
and I wish I didn't, but I don't really know what else I could have done because it really, it really upset me what happened. So, well, Kelly and I were actually talking about this like off air because Kelly spoke about it a little bit on the podcast, but didn't want to mention too many details sort of while it was happening. Um, it was really awful and very, very stressful, but I still think the issue with that whole situation was that he knew he was going to struggle to fill that business space because most people are working remotely Mm. now. And I don't necessarily think, think it's an excuse, but I think it's a reason. And I reckon if you look up that space now, it will still be Felice. Well, actually, um, we drive past that place every Saturday. And I know this makes me a little bit of a bad person, but I do get a little bit of, what is it, schadenfreude when, yeah. when you get like delight out of someone else's misfortune. So I would it's still like empty. To, yeah, it's still empty. Knew Sorry. it. I knew it. That's the thing. And my whole point with, with saying that is that you felt like you had been duped and that you were stupid. I just think it was a knee jerk reaction to someone who was quite panicked about their own business. Yeah. And, and totally. And yeah, still. Yeah. And like I said, it wasn't even so much the action. It was just more the fact that I think maybe I take a long time to warm up to people and really truly believe in them. And, um, and I, then I give people lots of benefits of the doubt. And then, you know, there were signs there that maybe he didn't deserve them. And so then when I find out that I'd given them all that positive benefit of the doubt and stuck up for them and then find out that actually weren't very good person, they kind of like, yeah, it really upsets me. So anyway, so Carl's, uh, what did you spend time on that did not add value to your life? To be honest, I was really quite focused this year. So there weren't a huge amount of things that I regret spending time on. And this one's only a tiny one, but I just wanted to throw it in there just um, because I think it's helpful for other people to hear this kind of thing. So a dishonest and quite sneaky person I know had a successful year this year. um, And it just really annoys me when (laughs) shit people get good stuff. Like I know that's I know that's a that's mean, but it's just and to be perfectly honest, I didn't dwell on it for long, like maybe a day. So I was actually quite proud of that, and I seriously don't give a shit now. So that's great. But like this, and to be fair, this person actually works really hard, so I don't begrudge, begrudge him his success. But he's really ruthless and would like run over his own mother to get ahead. And just watching his tactics work just frustrates me. I just think, can you not? work hard and do your great stuff without also being a shit human. So (laughs) I can't wait to get off this call so I can find out who this person is. (laughs) But yeah, I know. I think like you and I both have a very strong sense of what's fair and what's not. And And what's just. Something, when we perceive something to be not fair, it really kind of just agitates us a bit. But as you say, like you can't spend time, you know, looking at what other people are doing. Just they'll, I won't even say it was funny because I was saying to Ant, like, I don't even want to say people get like, I don't believe in karma because like, I don't know, something bad happens to me. Is that karma getting me for something that I, you know, didn't do very nice to someone else? Um, so I don't believe in karma, but I do believe that how you, you kind of hope it comes, comes back. back to them. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's kind of what I believe. I think if you just treat people well, it'll come back to you. And if you don't treat people well, it will come back to you. Yeah. Um, Like actually the old me would have spent a lot more time being really angry about that, but I got over it quite quickly. So I was quite happy with that. Nice one. Um, Cool. So yes, now we're going to get on to the fun and positive stuff. Uh, So what did you enjoy most about 2018? Um, And I'll go first. So I really enjoyed letting go of our office, particularly when, when we found out 
what kind of person the landlord was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, and I really enjoyed, yeah, because I'd been going in the office kind of two to three times a week and had been going in the office every day. Uh, you don't realise just how much of a pain in the ass, even it was very gentle commute, like maybe 20 minutes each way. And, you know, it was a nice office. It was a nice place to be, but it's just so nice working from home. It's changed our lives in so many ways. Um, it's given us so many different freedoms. Uh, it, yeah, so I've really enjoyed both Ant and myself. You know, we, we went the other day and did a F45 class at 9.30 together because we wanted to do it at the same time. Like, obviously, we'd never have been able to do that if we had an office. Um, so, yeah, so... I love what a zero commute can do for, you know, people's mental health. I love the freedoms it's given us. And I also loved being free of that giant rent check every month. Yes. Yeah. Working <laughs> from home is amazing. It's like awesome. we've, we've been doing it for years and my, I don't actually really care what I do with the rest of my life as long as I do it from home. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't care what the actual work is. Just don't make me leave my house. That's why I was like, I was having a rant to Kelly before um, we started recording because um, I'm, I'm on weekly hospital appointments now, which is all perfectly normal, just, you know, leading up to the birth of my baby and just leaving my house makes me so angry. I do it. <laughs> I do it maybe like I do it most days to kind of go get a coffee or, you know, go for a walk or something. But if I actually have to commute to a place and get there at a certain time, I, it just ruins my day. I hate it. So <laughs> yeah. sorry to everyone that has to commute every day. That's just that makes me want to cry I for reckon. you. I'm like that about meetings. I think it's the lot. It's locking away any part of my day. Just kind of yeah. like makes me like ah, I don't want to do it. Um, cool. Uh, yeah. So what did you? Is that what you enjoyed? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing the thing I enjoyed this year is um I've, I, we've had a very quiet and restful year. So my pregnancy has been really, really breezy. Um, so Ben and I have sort of had the freedom to just solidly plod along, doing our work, getting shit done and just like relaxing in the evenings and on the weekends. And it's just been a really lovely year for the two of us. We've just kind of hibernated and stayed inside our own lovely bubble. And it's just been really pleasant. So we're feeling really well prepared for our impending changes and and we just, yeah, just we, we basically just shut our doors and didn't <laughs> see anyone all year, which has been really nice. I know that sounds kind of horrible, but it was just lovely. It was just the two of us and we would, you know, have really relaxing dinners and we'd go to bed really early and we'd read books and just really took care of ourselves this year. So that's that's been my favorite thing about this year. Oh, you've been very, very much nesting. I'm so pleased that you guys have been able to do that because um, I was – so when Jaden was born, I was in the middle of growing a business. I was the main person in it. It, like, it was all on me to basically do everything. And so I never got a break. Uh, I took no time off work. I was sending invoices from hospital. It was complete crazy God, town. That sounds awful. It was – on reflection, it's like it's amazing. You just do what you have to do, but when you look back, you go, "Oh my god, what was I doing? That was crazy." That's good to know it's doable, though. Like because running my businesses next year, I'm taking a small amount of time off, but trying to figure out how to run both of my businesses next year with a newborn is something that is stressing me out. So it is good to hear that it is doable, if not ideal. Yeah, it's totally doable, and you'll just do what it just. Um, you'll just do the very, very important things, and the things that are not so important, they will fall away, yeah. and your businesses will run fine. I will say, however, and I feel like you've set yourself up for this, is so when Mia was coming, 
I said to Anne, look, my goal is when this baby is born, I want to have the first three months where if I want to do something, like want to do some work, I can. But if I don't, I don't have to. And oh, it was just the first month with her. It was so different to the first month with Jaden. I feel like you're going to have this experience with your little girl where it was literally just like, you know, if I felt like writing or doing something, I did. But I spent a lot of the days, like Jaden never slept on me because the second he fell asleep, I would put him in his pram or his cot and I would jump on the computer and do some work. Whereas Mia, she would fall asleep on me and then I would just lie there for an hour while she slept. And oh, that sounds so nice. Oh, it was just so lovely. And I just, you know, both kids have grown up fine and both of them <laughs> think I'm number one. So there's no kind of attachment issues, you know, from the two different ways of growing up. But yeah, I just enjoyed Mia's early months so much more. And really after a month, then I, you know, it was certainly wasn't three months of doing hardly any work. Like it was really one month. And then after that, I was like, okay, I need to do something. And that's you know. what I figure I'm going to be like, <laughs> yeah. because I've, I've had a few people say, oh, you know, you, you just want to hang out with your baby all the time. And obviously I will. And I'll think she's the greatest thing ever. But also I like my work yeah, and I like doing things. (laughs) So I kind of feel like my personality will lean more towards me wanting to do a little bit of work rather than not wanting to do work. Yeah, I reckon that's exactly what will happen. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it will Um, be. Okay, so biggest achievement for the year and my biggest achievement for the year was we went on holiday in July and neither aunt nor I really had to do any work. Like we just did a token check of emails in the morning, just more to clear our inboxes than anything. But there was nothing that we had to do. And it was just the weirdest feeling. And we didn't really know what to do with ourselves. Um, but we just enjoyed the holiday and it was amazing. So it was just lovely to, we had worked so hard for the first half of the year. And so then, and it, it was funny how like we just thought, okay, this is just going to keep going forever. And then all of a sudden, all the things that we had done and put in place, they kind of came to fruition all at once and in a real big hurry. And then it was just like, oh, oh my gosh. And yeah. That was, so it was totally worth it. Yeah, it was amazing. It was just such a nice feeling to yeah go away with the kids and not be stressing about anything or having to keep an eye on this or having to rush back to the computer to sort out this issue or that thing. It was just we could just chill out and it was just the f- most lovely holiday. So that was our, our biggest achievement for the year. Like, Carl, is your, your achievements bigger, I reckon? <laughs> <laughs> um, so th- my, my biggest achievement, if everything goes according to the plan, um, at the end of this week, if everything goes according to the plan, <laughs> I'll be 10 months ahead in lessons for Crochet Coach. Um, wow. It was a shit ton of work, but I got there. And the same with Smaggle. I'm really on top of my client work and content and sponsored content. Um, because when you work for yourself, you can't just stop and have a baby and expect your business to keep going. I need to actually plan for it. Um, and I've, I've def, I've been able to do that. Um, I wanted to get it done by the end of October, but that was a little bit, um, <laughs> uh, what's the word? I've totally Ambitious? lost Yeah, so it was a touch ambitious of me. Um, So, yeah, but by the end of this week, that should be all sorted. And then I can just do bits and pieces and stuff that I want to do leading up to um, the birth. Uh, And another thing I'm really proud to say was that um, I only gained the minimum recommended amount of weight in my pregnancy, um, which I'm really proud of because I I stuck to eating no sugar and high fat, low carb and exercised five days a week throughout my whole pregnancy. Um, And yeah, I, I think that's a 
that's a big achievement because I mean, obviously I had that available to me as an option because I felt so well during my pregnancy, but everyone knows I struggle with my weight and I was terrified of what might happen when I got pregnant, but being able to stay in control. Especially as like just some context for people who are new listeners, like, you know, you have struggled with your weight for so long and you have found an eating plan yeah. and a way of life and a way of being like, it wasn't a diet. you like, you had found something you could do forever and it had finally worked for you and you had tried so many things and been so perfect yeah. with so <laughs> many different eating plans and so many different exercise plans. And yeah, so I can see why it would just been like, oh my gosh, and now I'm yeah. pregnant and now, you know, who knows what my body is going to do. So I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. stoked for you that your body responded. Thank you. Cause it's, it's, it's hard to, to talk about this without making it sound like I'm really vain or that um, I think the most important thing about being pregnant is being thin. It's not at all. Like I'm not thin and I will never be thin, but just working so hard to find this particular way of doing things and having it serve me so brilliantly through pregnancy as well was really, really awesome. Um, and I, I, I do need to reiterate that I did have the option of doing that because I was so well during my pregnancy. Um, and I know a lot of that has to do with my discipline, but it also has to do with luck and good genes as well. Yeah. Like I'm not stupid. I know that, you know, and, and, you know, I could very well have another baby and my pregnancy could be the opposite. <laughs> yeah. So you never know, but, um, yeah, like it took a lot of discipline and, you know, dragging my belly through gym classes most days wasn't super easy, but I knew I'd feel better if I did it. And I did. So I'm, I'm really proud of that. And I'm, you know, a couple of weeks away from giving birth and I just really feel like I nailed it. So I'm really happy with that. Yeah, that's awesome. So the next question is like the big, our biggest achievement for the year. How did you actually achieve it? And I thought that was actually quite a good question because you never really take the time to <laughs> Sorry, kind of look. Just, Kelly wrote the questions. So she's like, I actually thought that was just a really good question that I was asking myself. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> this is from this other questions like uh, that Brooke and I used to use. Oh. use yeah, I didn't write the questions. I you wrote the questions and you were <laughs> just giving yourself a, like a low-key pat on the back. I was just going to out you to everyone. Just be like, guys, <laughs> Kelly wrote the questions and she's got total tickets on herself. So <laughs> no, I didn't. Because if I wrote slide. them, I would have said, hey, I came up with this really good question. But no, this is from a list that I, I found a while ago. Um, actually had more stuff on it, but some of them I thought were dumb, so I cut them out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it kind of it says to reflect on how you actually achieve the good things that you achieved. Um, and, and my answer is, you know, to the fact that we managed to get to the mid-year and all of a sudden have this holiday where we didn't have to work and how did we achieve it? I mean, part of me is like not really sure. Um, I know that Ant and I worked our absolute butts off. And like I said, everything kind of came to fruition all at once, um, which is probably partly luck more than design. But you know what? I have learned to, back in the day, like I've used to be like, oh, if something happened because of luck, then you can't kind of take any credit for it because it was just luck. And I still feel like you can't take credit for it, but I think we all have to acknowledge that when things happen, just go, thank you very much universe for delivering me something nice um, and move on. Because what I used to do in the past would go, oh, like this thing, really great thing happened to me, but it was luck. So I'm not going to enjoy it. Uh, I don't do that anymore. I just take the good stuff yeah. and I don't question it anymore. <laughs> um, Carl's. 
so how I achieved my goals this year was focus. So I focused on work and having a healthy pregnancy this year. So I turned my health and work burners up to full ball. If you're wondering what burners are, we've got an episode on the four burners theory. And I turned my family and friends burners right down and it was totally the right move. We've been complete hermits this year and it's been wonderful. Um, also, you can just totally do that when you're pregnant because you get a free pass. <laughs> I'm just like, I can do whatever I want. I'm growing a human. Um, so uh, also a massive mention to Ben, who's just been incredible throughout this whole year. Not that I've been a particularly high maintenance pregnant <laughs> wife, but he's just been such an incredible support. And if I felt nervous or scared, he's just been fantastic. And, you know, it's just, um, yeah, just, just really focusing. I, you know, I think I, my main thing this year was that I was just really selfish. If that, doesn't sound completely horrific, but we just, we just really prioritized what we were doing this year and what was important to us. And it just made a really, really big difference. I mean, that's not sustainable every year, obviously, particularly as we're about to become parents, but yeah, it was a, it was a good move to do this year just to focus on those things that were important. Do you know, just as this is a bit of an aside, but it's funny because I was with a, on a walk with one of my best friends um, recently. And I was saying to her that one of the things kind of, I really admired about her is that she's selfish but and she's like got a little bit offended as you would and I was like no 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 that's not what I mean I said I was trying to explain like what I meant by selfish and that it was you know a good thing to be and that we use selfish as a pejorative far too much and what the definition that I kind of came in the end is I said to her you just don't buy into stuff that that's you know nothing to do with you and that you just don't need to buy into and I think um And I said, that's what I've learned from her over the years is I used to buy into everything, that every problem that every single person in the world had, every single thing that was going on around me, I bought into it because I saw that as a selfless and nice thing to do. But actually it's a very selfish thing to do because it affects all the people around you who are, you know, the important people. Who Um, suffer because of you diverting your attention towards that. Yeah, that's right. So that's what I think. Like you have not bought into stuff this year that is not important and you yeah. focus on the things that are. And I think that if that is selfish, then selfish is a very good thing to do. <laughs> just quietly. That's good. I like that. Cool. Um, all right. So the next question is what are some new things that you tried or went through? Um, I, did, I did quite a lot of new things this year, but I'll narrow you it really down. You really did. To <laughs> yeah. Wow. Did I do some new things? Um, one thing I did, I created a coaching community for authors um, and I created a whole bunch of new service offerings for my writing and editing business um, as well. But And the coaching community for authors did really well and it was something that people definitely wanted and I didn't have trouble getting people in there. I filtered them in very slowly just so I could manage, um, you know, when you onboard people into a kind of a community, there's a lot of energy that that takes. And I felt I did did that quite well and I got quite a nice community going in there. And like I said, it was something that people were more than happy to pay for. But in the end, I had to discontinue it because I just had so much writing work on that I didn't have the right level of energy to sustain that community, which is a bit of a bummer because I liked it and it was a nice place to be. But and people really enjoyed it. I, I was hearing feedback from people who didn't even know I knew you and were oh. like, oh, yeah, I'm in Kelly Exeter's, like, author coaching group, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so weird. I do a podcast with Kelly. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, it was really uh, – it was good. I was quite proud of it because it was the first kind of 
community of that kind that I had created and it was working really well and I was quite bummed to have to tell everyone, look, I think this is not like I've let everyone who's already in there stay in there and I'm going to continue coaching them to get them through the end of their book, but I just, I'm not taking any new people in. Yeah. And I was like, oh, bummer. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, from an energy point of view. But you can back burn it and then bring it back if you want to, if you feel the need to. That's right. If ever, you know, if ever the energy levels come, you know, come back at me, I can do it. But yeah, right now, yeah, writing other people's books and editing. That's very good boundary setting for you, Kelly. I thought so. So there's something I'm quite proud of myself. Yeah, you should be. Because in the past, I would have been like, no, these people. You just would have powered through. Yeah, I would have been like, no, you can't let these people down. Da 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 da. And I was like, you know what? Um, I was just very honest with everyone and they, and like, you know, when you have a community and you get the right people in there, they get it. So, you know, they don't, yeah. don't be like, oh, I can't believe you're abandoning us. So, yeah, so I was quite proud of that. Um, and I started at 45 and, you know, I've been doing it for like kind of coming on three months now and I'm just like, where have you been my whole life at 45? Maybe I just that got put off so by happy. that large monthly um, commitment. But you know what? I don't care anymore. It's an investment in my health and my um, fitness and it's a worthwhile one. So, yes, loving F45. Um, so I actually just stopped doing F45. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had a goal to keep going until I was 35 weeks and I made it to 36. Um, and, and I could still do it, but there was quite a few things that I had. It's too awkward, yeah. I don't know how you get around a belly. <laughs> it is awkward, yeah. And I spent, and it wasn't because like I, like my fitness was still fine, but I found myself jogging on the spot quite a lot yeah. when I couldn't do an activity. And I was like, I'm paying a lot of money to jog on the spot. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to stop. Um, I mean, I'll be beating the doors down like when I have my baby and, you know, want to get back into back it. In there. Yeah. Yeah. But I, um, I just switched to swimming and aqua. I can never say this. Aqua aerobics. <laughs> I keep putting a W in there. I keep going aqua aerobics every time I say it. I just can't say it properly. <laughs> so I've been doing aqua aerobics um, and it's awesome. I really, I don't love the chlorine or having wet hair every day, but it's been amazing on my body. I'm starting to get very mild lower back pain occasionally and I only have to swim some laps and I'm right uh, as rain again. Yeah. Um, I also discovered that my F45 fitness is completely transferable. So I haven't swum laps in about five years, but I was able to just jump right in and smash 40 laps, Wow, which was just awesome. I was worried because like I, I used to swim in high school and I used to swim quite a bit in uni. Um, and I actually taught Ben to swim because oh, he, didn't right. play. He, he wasn't a very strong swimmer when we first started dating. So I taught him how to swim laps. And, um, yeah, if I took a big break from swimming, it would take me a while to build back up to being able to do my 40 laps, but F45 just got me there and I just went bang and just did 40 straight away. It was awesome. Wow. That is, that's impressive. Um, like noted. Um, okay. So what are some Nope, not that one. What did you learn this year? And so as I kind of intimated already, like I really learned to protect my energy levels this year. You really did. Yeah, I, it was probably like a survival mechanism, but um, in the past. Probably a knee-jerk reaction to the first part of the year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, past Kelly would have just, as you said, just powered through, but I've become just, I don't know if I'm just getting older or I have my priorities straighter, but yeah, I, you know, Sometimes it took a while to work my way out of a low energy inducing situation. And sometimes it took a while to realize that someone was a bad energy person for me to be around or to work with. But 
I always manage to recognize the situation and then put in place things to move away from that situation. Whereas in the past, I would have just been like, oh, well, you got yourself in this situation and now you got to stick it out. So yeah, I think, I, as I said, I think the older I get, the less likely I am to think I can save someone by being more patient and understanding with them than anyone else has ever been. Like, um, <laughs> I'm just like, hey, and I'm really cognizant now that if I do that, it's my family who pays the price when I overextend myself and g- give all this energy to someone who is not really deserving of it. So yeah, I've, I'm quite proud of myself. I'm making. That's a good there. one. Yes. um so mine (laughs) I don't know if I mentioned this earlier in the year and I have had in my pregnancy two states of being complete and utter calm (laughs) and total blind rage so those are the two things that I've been feeling this year the rage has been not super consistent but when it comes up it's next level um and I learned to control it in the last couple of months because I had a small rise in blood pressure in my second trimester uh that we now know was caused through stress and I was very careful to not let myself get ranty and ragey about things after that um I also cut back contact with a person who was causing me a lot of angst and my blood pressure went right down again so that was a very interesting mm. lesson um uh like for for example um I had to reshoot a whole campaign for smaggle over the weekend because the brief changed and no one told me and i shot the wrong product (laughs) which the company actually sent to me and then so i shot the whole campaign and sent off the whole thing and then they came back and they were like yeah we're really sorry we should have told you that the brief changed and i was like (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, you really should have told me that that would have been really excellent information but i just took a deep breath and ordinarily i would have been so pissed off but i just chilled out and went no worries, I'll reshoot it this weekend. And this is where Ben's come into it, where I've been like, hey, Ben, you'll never guess what happened. Hey, we have to reshoot that whole thing that we did last weekend. And he just goes, it's fine. We can just do it on Sunday afternoon. We'll go get the stuff that we need and we'll just shoot it and it'll be fine. And so I'm writing back to this person who I really should have given a massive dressing down to. But I was like, it's fine. I'll just reshoot it this weekend. Have a lovely day. So... Shout, shout out to Ben and Ant. Like, oh, Ant is God, exactly yeah. the same for me. Like, when I'm just tipping over the edge and falling apart a bit, he just steps in. He does this for our whole family. He really is almost the emotional safeguard for our family. Like, when the kids are losing their plot, losing the plot, I get angry at them for losing the plot. He comes in and cracks a joke and does something silly and like and they all like roll their you know, both roll their eyes at him and but everybody laughs and he just kind of is a real circuit breaker for our family and yeah, shout out to the boys for what they do for us. Yeah. Big shout out. Actually, one big shout out to that whole like campaign kerfuffle. <laughs> the thing that really saved it was the person who screwed up admitted they screwed ah, up. Ah, yes. So that actually made a really big difference. If they had have been like, oh, there was a misunderstanding or you should have checked this or you should have checked that, I would have been ropeable. But what they came back with was, I am so sorry. I know that, you know, this is a big ask for you to do, but are you able to do it? That really helped. So just if you are dealing with a pregnant lady who might be experiencing pregnancy rage, if you admit it's your fault, really softens the blow. Nice. Okay. Um, okay. So in 2019, what would you like to spend less time on? I would like to spend less time trying to make people who have unrealistic expectations happy. So 
past Kelly saw those kind of people as a challenge to be risen to. Now, <laughs> now I just see it as stealing energy from the people and activities I'd rather be spending time with and on. So yes, big, big. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm almost therapizing myself these days. You really are. <laughs> um, for me, I would say work in general because, like, I've, I've, but then again, I've focused so much on work this year. I really like my work and I enjoy it, but I have been doing like. 12 to 14 hour days consistently this year trying to get ahead. So I hopefully things will kind of go back to a semi new kind of normal next year where I don't have to be that far ahead and I can just kind of be in a maintenance mode. Um, So yeah, I guess work maybe, but also not because I also like work. So (laughs) so not really. (laughs) And also you're you're more um, discerning about how you spend your time. So you don't have to spend less time on things because you don't give your time to those things. Um, Yeah. (laughs) What would you like to spend more time on? Um, I would like to further develop my skills around storytelling so I can become a better writer and editor. Um, And there's actually a course in the US next year that hardly ever opens up and it's opening up in February and it's horribly expensive. And I need to do a very serious cost benefit analysis to ensure if I go, it's a good business decision. But um, so is it in person? It's an in person. Yeah, yeah. One? You got to go to the US to do it. It's like five days. It's full on. Um, but I'm just I'm so hungry to learn everything I can about being a great editor. Like it's hard to see myself not doing it, but still, like it it will cost me ten thousand dollars. Are you dead? Wow. Are you dead? Did you just have a heart attack? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I think like including all travel and everything. Yeah, yeah, including all I travel th- and everything. It's a, it's a lot of money, but it's like I got that. I got a bit of money from someone last year, and I have just put that exact amount away, and it's just been holding. And I said I'm going to spend that money on something that it develops me better as a writer and an editor and I'm not going to use it on anything else. So I've got it, but it's just... I think you just answered your own question yeah. there, Kelly. Well, it's just, is that the best way to spend that money or is there yes, another way? Definitely. So let's see, let's see. But anyway, so that's what I would like to spend more time on, yeah, developing my craft. I think that just sounded, I think you should take that money and spend it on that. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, I think we should, I think we should ask the listeners <laughs> and if everyone thinks that it sounds like Kelly who has that money available that she wants to spend on something that betters herself and has this amazing opportunity to do this thing that she's always wanted to do. I think we should put a little vote in there <laughs> yeah. and um, see if Kelly should do it. I'm voting yes. Or if you, if you think, or if you think there is a better way to spend $10,000 on developing your craft as a storyteller and editor let me know because you know just so I can make a proper analysis of the situation because yes um okay um Carlos is there anything you want to spend more time on uh for me I just want to continue to have strong boundaries with work and maintain my productivity in a manageable way for next year that's um one of the big unknowns of next year and I've got some systems that I'm going to put in place and you know I've I've got a really positive attitude about it but it's something that like it will be a work in progress because yeah I don't know what's going to happen so just yeah j- just just trying to maintain that for next year would be yeah a good thing to spend time on nice and finally and this is early to be making this call I know it is <laughs> I apologize but and this might change but do you have a word or intention for 2019 Carl? 
I do. So my word for this year was spark. Um, and I think it was actually the perfect word because this year has been very, very sparkly and inspiring and lots of good things have, have happened. And this year, sorry, 2019, I think I'm going to go with shine. Aww. And I want that to be a reminder to stay positive and do the best that I can and enjoy the happy moments of being a new parent. And I know it's going to be difficult and hard and I'm going to allow myself to feel all those things. But I think focusing on the positives will be a really excellent weapon when, you know, I'm exhausted and there's poo up the wall <laughs> and Ben and I haven't had a conversation in five days um, just to just to bring it back to who we both are and our intentions and why we decided to do this in the first place <laughs> yeah. and just, you know, f- f- focus on it being a year of growth and a year of shining. Oh, I love that. Um my word at the moment, anyway, is consolidation. Uh, I do feel Ant and I, we ha- have worked so well as a team this year to put ourselves in a position where instead of like push, push, pushing, which I feel has been a bit the default mode for five years, we finally kind of have a chance to consolidate in like all aspects of our life, um, professionally and personally. Um, yeah, so that's something I really hope that we'll get to do in 2019 and um, looking forward to it. Um, and that's just about time to wrap up. So at this point in the show, we usually have the what kicked our ass this week and what we kicked ass at segment. But since we've just spent the whole episode <laughs> reflecting on the year just gone, we thought it would be a good place to wrap up the show both for this week and 2018. Yeah, I was just a bit worried about it getting a little bit too navel gazy if we then went into like what, what we did this week. Um, before we go, we would just like to take this opportunity to thank you, our listener, for tuning in every week and then coming into the Facebook group group and continuing the conversation there. Uh, I think the fact that the straight and straight and curly community is very kind and considered and ridiculously supportive to each other. uh, That just gives us the warm fuzzies every time we go in there. and, And we really, really appreciate you all. Yeah, absolutely. And we'd love to wish you all a very chilled out December and a lovely run to the end of the year and into next year. Thanks all. We look forward to being back in your ears in 2019. Thank you so much for listening to Straight and Curly. This week's show notes and links will be available at straightandcurly.com. And if you have any questions or weird self-improvement hacks you want us to trial, you can tweet us at Kelly Exeter or at Smaggle, or you can email us at hello at straightandcurly.com. Woo!